Welcome back or welcome to the Man Child Podcast. I uh, hope you guys are doing good. I know it's been I know it's uh, been a minute since we released another episode. Uh, things are things are we're, we're in the full swing of the college football season. That's the other half of what we do around here at uh, Man Child, and uh, it takes up a lot of time. I'm not even gonna lie to you guys. All right, it takes up all of my time, but thank God I get to do it. All right. And uh, we try to we try not to mix the worlds too much, but I uh, also don't like to fake things. So, you know, I'll let you know what we're, we're, what we're up to a little bit. But uh, that being said, all right, I hope you guys have uh, have uh, had a great kind of conclusion to your summer and as fall. And uh, but please just just curb your enthusiasm. If you're a pumpkin spicer and all those kinds of things, like you, you, we don't just do not gloat in all of your pumpkinness in our face. All right, it's a little much. All right, um, you know, women will be dressed like Han Solo, and uh, men will be forced to pretend to like to go on photo shoots with their families and to walk around pumpkin patches and to drink ciders of all kinds of sorts it's all there but all right the great thing about the end of summer is uh two things we get to we get to play some college football i get to coach it and be a part of that and uh the white tails are out and about the deer season is upon us um the uh, if you're a western guy the, the really cool stuff, the mule deer, the elk, all of that. And I'm not even going to sit here and pose and pretend like I know what that's all about. But I, I dig it, and I'm glad somebody's doing it. I don't get to right now, but I'm glad somebody is, right? Um, so all of that we get to look forward to. It's all good. All the stuff that's good, it's coming up, right? Yes, we're going to get election stuff slammed in our eyeballs every single day. Just be you. All right. Do not engage in Facebook nonsense and Instagram stupidity, Twitter rants. No one has ever been changed for the better because you argued with them online. All right. I think we can all agree with that. All right. Enough. It's time to get it going. All right. This this episode um, is really special. Zach Yarbrough. Who is he? What's he all about? Zach Yarbrough does. He's a marketing, uh, um, a marketing guy. He does cr- content creation um, for Pelagic. What is Pelagic? Pelagic is the uh, one of the premier brands of like offshore blue water fishing, the big stuff, marlins and and swordfish and and the the species that migrate all of uh, mahi mahi or or dorado, whatever you want to refer to. I got like ten different names, but the cool, cool, look beautiful, 
wild, deep blue water stuff. Um, he got has, has carved a lifestyle out of being around that pursuit. And it wasn't always that way. All right. And one of the things I want to highlight to this conversation before we get into it is one, this dude is tough. All right. He he is he has beat cancer once. He's in the midst of a battle with cancer right when we had this conversation. And as of right now, um, he's incredibly genuine and gracious uh, and, and humble and uh, the coolest thing that I took from this conversation, and I hope you do too, is this. All right, this guy played college football at uh, the University of Virginia. Um, his, his father was an NFL star. NFL or co- football was, it's in his blood, right? And it was in, 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 in this industry, and I'll tell you firsthand, when you are in a trajectory to get into coaching, it's it's the only thing that consumes your mind, and it's and there's a whole lifestyle to it. You live in it. You stay there. You are in this world nonstop. So player to a graduate assistant there, and, and then became a, a a coach, a high school coach in the Orlando area, and that 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 was his identity. And what was really amazing is he, you know, it it wasn't. It wasn't lighting him up. He wasn't firing on all cylinders, and he decided to completely start over from scratch, uh, intern status, working with Pelagic, and just and just through just grit and and nothing was beneath him, and working as hard as he possibly could, and being humble and learning from people has built himself. A lifestyle uh, that that totally um, gives him what he's looking to get out of his his time on this planet, and that only happened because he was brave enough to start over. I think a lot of us are sitting out there. We all have like, may we rather be doing something else than what we're currently doing? But we're like, we feel like we're in too deep, and really, guys, there's no such thing. There's absolutely no such thing. If you're down four, and you know what I'm going to say, the struggle. If you're willing to struggle, you are never too far into a career, to a, a path, to a decision that you can't get out of. And that's what is really refreshing to hear from uh, Zach in this episode. So I'm not going to take up any more of it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get right to it. I know you guys will enjoy this. I hope you're great. If you like what you're listening to, uh, you know, give it a share. Tell, tell a friend, tell a colleague about it, and uh, let's grow this idea that it is okay. It's not just okay. It is great to struggle. All right, here we go. What you know about me? Okay, welcome back, or welcome to, if it's your first time, the Man Child Podcast. It's the uh, show dedicated to the struggle, and what would you do, where would you go, and who would you take if you weren't afraid to struggle? Here is no stranger to the struggle of all types. I've been, I'm pretty excited about this guy. Uh, Zach Yarbrough is 
uh, he is he's just he's living his life and he's doing it big time. And we're gonna we're gonna dig into a lot of different really interesting things that he's decided and has carved out for his life. Zach, thank you for being on the Man Child Podcast. No, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So get the uh, the quick synopsis. If I'm if uh, wh- what are you all about? What are you doing nowadays? Who who are you doing it with? What's going on? So just you know, trying to live a great life right now. Um, you know, I'm fortunate to work for a great company called Pelagic. We're a fishing apparel company. Um, so a lot of the times, you know, besides this past year, being able to travel the world, um, documenting amazing fish and uh just working for a great company and it's if you don't know what this is all about go check just stop right now so that you can enjoy uh this conversation even more and go to uh zach's instagram page uh zach yarbrough outdoors and look at some of the places that he's talking about right now uh on this show to get a better understanding um is the majority of what you do is it is it the offshore world yes we're mainly targeted in the offshore world uh the pelagic species is basically the species of fish that is ever moving so it's the marlin it's the wahoo it's the mahi that are just ever chasing the planet you know looking for that next meal My- so those are the main fish that we concentrate on my Appalachian hillbilliness, that's what the word means, correct? Is correct. A, yes. Okay. So, yeah. So I want to and we're going to I want to get to your your origin story obviously and this is going to be just listen guys, it's it's uh buckle your seatbelts for that when we when we get to that cuz it's it's a good one. Uh but the culture of offshore fishing. Okay? Now here's a kid. I am I stumble into uh, South University of South Florida, and then I go to to University of Central Florida in my coaching at these two universities, and and this is my first exposure to the saltwater fishing culture. And what I realized right off the bat is that every type of species, the people that chase it, are like a different group of people. Would you agree with that? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, that's a, that's a great thing about the fishing world and community. Um, there's so many different species and types of water that, you know, everybody has their own kind of little passion and they find their little niche and, you know, chasing those. Yeah. And so that's what like you go. There's there's two types of, you know, inshore guys. There's there's well, I guess there's multiple, multiple, but there's like, you know, there's the fly guy, which I, I lean towards. I, I really enjoy saltwater fly fishing, but then it can get it can get really kind of hoity-toity, and then it can get kind of hippie, hipsterish, and then you go offshore, and you got two types: you, it, 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 super money guy, or you got just total wild man. And <laughs> there doesn't seem to be anything in between because when you go out there, it it's you know. It, you're playing for keeps. There's some real stuff that can happen in open water like that. Uh, and it's, it's big boy fishing. Yeah. It's uh you, you know, you're chasing big fish out there, you know, thousand pound Marlin, you know, 800 pound swordfish. Uh, I mean, it's, you're chasing the biggest fish in the sea, which is, you know, what keeps driving us to keep going every single day to see what bites next. 
And I and I guess so. Like when I saw when I'm standing there, you know, and have I'm just clueless, you know, my my uh, uh, you know repertoire up to that point is a Zebco 33, and I see these yachts going out and they're pulling back tuna and then you know bluefin and yellowfin and wahoo and and marlin and swordfish and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, how do you get out there and know? what you're doing so i guess my first question is how did you get onto this scene that you are you're you're out there now yeah i was just i was very fortunate with the opportunity um you know before i got into this career i played football at the university of virginia and then after that you know was looking looking forward to getting into the coaching industry and i was a graduate assistant for uva for two years and real passion, wanted to drop down to the high school level and, you know, help out, you know, develop young kids and, you know, succeed in life. And, uh, I did that for a couple of years and just, you know, realized that there was something else I wanted to do in life and having a little passion for the outdoors. I, uh, knew a buddy from high school who was involved in the business and kind of did a little internship with him for about six months and was fortunate to meet the guys at the Pelagic and, did everything I could to get on board and, uh, you know, just put myself out there and, and knew it was a passion that I wanted to chase. And, you know, was just fortunate for that opportunity that came along. Well, there's some interesting things there in that timeline is one, if you're playing college football, uh, you know, if people, people that have and do and are in that environment know that that is a 100 percent consumption of everything that you have to give in your entire life and then you go from that to being a graduate assistant which is now give us even more right and, and, and so you're i mean the, it had to be for a long time you thought your life was going to be athletics in some fashion or form yeah and i, I mean i grew up in the athletic world my entire life and um, playing multiple sports and, you know, fortunate for the opportunity to go on and play at the university of Virginia. And I just, I, I knew there was more in life outside of there. And, you know, there were more things I wanted to explore and, and develop and be good at. And how did you know that? Because there's a lot of guys and just, I mean, they don't think that there's anything else out there. So what got you, you know, how did you, how did you have this exposure or this awareness that there's a, there's a lot of living outside of football. Well, I mean, just, you know, playing sports and football your entire life. And then once, you know, you kind of retire and that mind switch that, you know, you got to figure out something and there's something else in life. And, uh, you know, that's tough. You know, a lot of guys struggle from that. Um, yes, they do. And just I realized that I had more to offer to this world. And, you know, I just didn't want to be defined as an athlete or – you know, what I did on the field. And so I just wanted to figure out another talent I had or passion I had and, you know, try to be good at it and, you know, figure out a plan and way to execute. Well, and it, you know, when you go from when you're a player and you're playing at a, a, a power five school, you know, sometimes you can become insulated from reality where you think that you you know you're God's gift to humanity because a lot of times that's how you get treated when you're playing big time college football and then you go right into coaching and and you just sometimes guys they they get I almost call it like institutionalized 
But what I think is interesting is you have you were well along in your path to be a coach and to work in in major uh, athletics, and you decided to shift gears. That had to require some humility to all of a sudden find yourself back in an internship because you know there's going to be some really great life experiences on the other side of that, but I, I'm no longer big man on campus to go do that. Was there some of that? Oh, yeah. There's a there's definitely a lot of humility you know, that comes with it, and that's something I've always strived into at the same time. I've always liked the challenge. I always like growing. I always like you know, seeing how I can progress or be good at something. So starting over, it was tough, you know, and especially in a whole nother career where, you know, I know nothing, you know, you're at the bottom of the barrel and, you know, basically you're learning, you know, step one of every process. And that's just something I like. And well, I, I'm a big believer in life. You know, you're either growing or. Were you, you a know, prolific fisherman, more specifically offshore fisherman when you started this? I wasn't. I just. I wish I was, but I never had the time, you know, just growing up playing multiple sports, you know, as a kid and then through high school and then, you know, collegiate, you know, taking up so much of that time. And, but I never had the opportunity to do it. And then once I figured out I could create that opportunity to do it, I just kind of ran with it. I mean, that's, that's kind of amazing there because there, there has, there's, you know, a lot of people try to avoid things especially after your teen years that uh you don't know anything about because there's there's some pain on the other side of that there's some uh there's some struggle there's some there's some embarrassment and some you know nobody wants to be the greenhorn and you dove right into that i think that's very interesting yeah it's you know it's tough you know you go from you know being one of the all acc football player you know tons of NFL guys, you know, straight down back to the bottom again. And, you know, it's just, I, I like it. I mean, I like, you know, working hard, trying to dig myself out of it and just. Where does that come from? Out, uh, I guess just kind of instilled from my parents, you know, when I was growing up and just, just having, you know, pride and character and whatever you do in life. Mom, um, mom you know, and dad? You, Mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah. What What did your dad do growing up? Uh, actually, my dad is a Hall of Famer and All Century um, tight end at the University of Florida, and then uh, played ten years in the NFL with the Detroit Lions, and then I knew the now I knew the answer. Day. I just wanted to see how you'd say it. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's uh, that's even more incredible because then I mean you got this thing. It's like being uh, you know. Your 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 kind of football royalty. There's got to be all kinds of ways to get in all the doors that you want to get in. Basis, amazing, amazing life experiences that some people they only get to experience once or twice in a lifetime. A lot of the times, people from where I'm from, Middle America to the you know Rust Belt, they 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 immediately disqualify themselves from experiences like this are are places that look like a screensaver when you scroll through your instagram and and beautiful blue water and wild exotic fish you know do you do you 
do you see people try to say that hey this is only for an elite group of people or is that is it literally you know like the old wild west or this is for anybody willing to do the things it takes to get out here no the reason i mean the real reason i created you know my instagram and you know showcase what i do is that i'm just a normal guy i'm just like everybody else out there you know you just have to figure out what you want to do in life and you know try to create those opportunities Hmm. you know they're definitely out there you know and you just have to you know figure out a way uh to make it work and you know what you want to do in life and you know something i've realized and this is i've always kind of had this mindset but obviously this cancer battle has kind of changed it you know um but we only got you know such a short time to live here and you know to take advantage of every single day you know create that passion um you know make those dreams come true uh you know i just want to showcase that anybody can do it you know you just have to figure out what you want to do in life and go after it i think that is a is is that's step one and i think it's a lot harder for people than they realize is a lot of people there's a lot of miserable people and and there's a lot of people that just are getting you know they call it my anxiety or their depression and they're taking you know prescription drugs for it and and really it seems like the 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 map out of all of that is what do you want you know how do you know how did you this just kind of navigate yourself towards okay this is what i want in my life right now how'd you how did you how did that steer you towards what you're doing right now yeah once uh once i made that switch from athletics over to realize i wanted to get involved in the outdoors and i met these guys at pelagic um that afternoon i just told them i was like hey i just want to i'm gonna be here today we had, they had a big setup at a huge convention you know, which is hours and hours of just breakdown, just blue collar, no fun work. And I was just like, hey, I want to show you guys how I work. You know, I want to show you my work ethic, get to know me. I'm going to stay here, help you break it down. I don't want anything from it. Just if there's another opportunity down the road, let me know. And I would love to help out. And I was working other jobs. I was teaching at that time. I was teaching swim lessons. I was a lifeguard. Gosh, I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff just to, uh, you know, help pay the bills. Yeah. And then Pelagia came back in town a couple months later. You know, I reached out to them, said, hey, I don't want anything from you guys. I just want to show you who I am, you know, how I think I could help the company. And did that again, helped them set up, drove home, went back to work, drove back to the convention, helped them break down. And then, uh, after that, they just kind of started giving me, you know, little small projects just to kind of fill me out and see who I was. And, you know, I just worked hard for the opportunity and tried to create one. And then, you know, fortunately, one day they gave me that opportunity to come on, you know, full time. That's that's kind of incredible because, you know, and there's a lot of people that think, well, you know, you, you know, I, I want to do this. OK, well, you're not going to get paid today you know a lot of people think that you're not doing something unless you're you're considered full-time or you get hired on or you know uh, and so that there sounds like a little there's a lot of there's a lot of football to that story yeah it's you know i want to show you who i am first you know i don't i think you know a lot of our world has kind of changed to where it's 
you know, what can you give me first? And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in let me show you what I can do. If I can't do it up to your standards and, you know, to be able to do it, then I shouldn't be a part of it, but I'm going to do everything in my opportunity to create that, that chance for you to give me. And why do you think that changed? Um, you know, that's just, uh, just the mindset kind of growing up through athletics. Well, what I'm saying is when you said, I think the world has changed where well, I, think, I think more people are just looking, uh, well, I mean, you know, we live in a crazy world today, but yes, yes, we do. I think a lot less people are willing to show or take that risk or put forth, you know, that extra work or opportunity, um, you know, to see where it can lead. And it's, you know, it's, it's tough without a doubt to put yourself out there and, and not knowing what can happen, but if you never do, you never know. So, yeah, well, I think uh, anymore special experiences are reserved for people that, that think differently and whether that's, it's sadly, or it's just the way it is, you know, to, to be down for if I didn't earn this, I don't deserve to be out here. That's different nowadays. It's, it just is. And, and I don't know if it's the age of things are so convenient and they're so instant and you get instant feedback and gratification and a little hit of dopamine for every little thing you do. And you get a heart next to your post and people say how great you are. And that just transforms your thinking. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist, but I know that the biggest, deepest life experiences are still going for the people that are down with the most struggle to get there. I know that. Yes, and I, I and I embrace the struggle. I enjoy it. I just think, uh, you know, once you get that to that end point and you receive that satisfaction, whatever it is, accomplishing a goal, finishing something, you know, it just makes it, you know, that much better in the long run. There's no doubt. Now, a big, big part um, of your story, and you alluded to it a few moments ago, is you know you you are a cancer survivor, a cancer fighter. Uh, this is this is an ongoing battle. Uh, when did when did this start? Yeah, it's kind of all in between. Yeah, it's uh, it was last year, early February, two thousand and nineteen. And I was either swimming in the pool or taking a shower. I can't really remember, but I just felt a little lump behind my nipple. And I just thought that was kind of odd. And uh, not knowing anything about male breast cancer or, you know, even considering that, I just assumed it was kind of a cyst or something small and, you know, nothing to worry about. And with my busy schedule traveling through fishing tournaments and events, you know, I kind of let a couple months go by and, and just checking it periodically, you know, over, you know, four months, it, it grew pretty rapidly. And, and it was June, 2019. I was kind of like, I need to go in and get this checked out. And went to my normally, uh, my normal doctor, he kind of evaluated it. I saw his expression, knew that didn't look good. Went across the street to a specialist. We did a mammogram there, which led to an, a quick biopsy uh the next day and then being diagnosed with cancer with you know male breast cancer five days later and then 
having a radical mastectomy 10 days later, you know, having the tumor removed in my entire left chest. Hmm. I mean, what, what take, take me through the mindset of, I mean, you're, this is, you're a, uh, a, a former athlete, uh, healthy guy, you know, super active, all these things you're, you're out on outside every day, you know, and then all of a sudden within, in a very, very short period of time, you're faced with, um, really unthinkable type news and then really aggressive treatment. So what, what's, what's your thought process at this point? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was really tough to, you know, kind of accept and, um, but growing up with a sports background and talking with my father, you know, we just kind of related it to a sports injury. And it's just one of those things that, hey, you got knocked down for a little bit right now. You know, we're going to have surgery. You know, you're going to do the rehab, you know, which is my chemo and radiation. And then after that, you know, we're going to get back to being healthy and then, you know, going on and living life the way it should be. So much like you take it sort of, unwaveringly your your dad kind of did that the same way yeah yeah 100 percent. just that uh just having that mindset you know i think which is huge you know these days um well to surround yourself with people that are that handle a situation like that is invaluable because to me one of the worst things about and and this isn't imaginable because I can't say I've and I never have and I don't want to sound foolish or or, or overstep in any way saying wouldn't it be like this but a a, a real bummer to all of this would to have to deal with everyone else's reaction and then tell them it's okay and all of that sort of thing to it seems like you'd want to keep your circle small with really solid people that are building you up instead of you having to let them down easy or try to say, listen, I'm going to be fine, all that sort of stuff. So uh, being around strong people in really difficult moments is just as important as being a strong person yourself. Yeah, 100%. And that's, you know, something when I was, when I got diagnosed, you know, I, I didn't want people to be uncomfortable around me. You know, I didn't want them to be scared to ask me questions. You know, and so why I kind of took this public journey with it and, uh, you know, just trying to, you know, spread hope and, you know, that enjoy life, get out there, don't wait for tomorrow, um, chase your dreams and just be the, you know, be the best person you can be. So all of this, I mean, this happened in a hurry. This is just last year we're talking about um, and you have. Um, you, you, you beat the first round of this, correct? Yeah. So I did, uh, had the radical mastectomy, um, last July and then I did eight months of chemotherapy and then I did three months of radiation, which I finished up in May. And so that was my first round. Um, my doctors are very happy with my blood levels, my white count or my white blood cells, but I did do another previous scan and, you know, there were a couple spots that showed up, but you know, they're smaller right now and just something that we're going to have to monitor going forward. But I understand going into this, it was, you know, it's going to be a lifelong battle and, uh, just whatever I can do to help, you know, people out to, 
you know, be more aware of this disease and, you know, just to appreciate every day is, you know, why I do this. Well, I, and, and I think something that is also very um, inspiring to me is, you know, people like to think from the outside perspective is when you see somebody, oh, cancer survivor, or I beat cancer, and, and it, that's a finite thing. But that's that's rarely the reality. It's something, it's it's coming back in another form. There's another round of fighting, and and you've recently shared that uh publicly that you you, you've got another fight um on its way how do you gear up to do this again yeah it's just you know it's it's definitely uh you know tough to receive the news and you know finding out that i'm gonna have to do a lot more of this going forward and it's just it's uh, it's a big mindset and i believe you're a big controller of that you know, for, you know, what you can do. And, you know, every morning before I get out of the bed, before my feet hit the ground, you know, I kind of tell myself, what, what is today going to be? Is it going to be a good day? Is it going to be a bad day? Are you going to be happy? Are you going to be sad? You know, make up your mind right now. And I try to create happy thoughts. And so you believe, you believe in the, in the kind of day you're going to have, you believe you're in control of that. Yeah. Yeah. I believe you're in control. You know, there's uh, so many times in life we focus on what's negative going around us. When if you stop, if you stop, take a few minutes and reflect on the positive things going on in your life, uh, how much your mindset can change. Why do you think we don't do that? Uh, I just I think it's kind of, you know, society we live in these days, you know, just with the social media and trying to keep up with everybody else and everybody's worried about their next person or, you know, rather than just focusing on trying to be the best person they can be. Yeah. There's so much, there is so much comparison, um, about everything. It's exhausting and you can get so caught up in the middle of it and not even know that you're in it. And all of a sudden you're just, you're irritable and you're short fused and you're unhappy and you're, tense and uptight and you just and you don't know why and i think you hit it on the head it's just this downloading of negative information all day long on this stupid screen you know but but that's like it's so cliche right now to just hate on social media and say it's all social media like i wouldn't be talking to you right now if it wasn't for it so there's some really right yeah i mean it it definitely has its ups and downs you know 100 percent. but it's just you know unfortunately for the younger generation it's a lot of comparison and you know living up to certain expectations and a lot of fake reality and you know which is why i'm trying to spread you know kind of my reality you know life isn't always good but you know you can make it as as well as you want to well i think there's something there's something very sobering about this um, duality of life experience here you, you, you simultaneously are living out a lot of people's daydream you know that are working a job they don't like or that they can't stand or they just they think that that's all they're qualified or all they're they could do so they're or they're scared to leave it because the money's good but you know 
one week out of the year I get to go down to South Florida and we get to go we get to go fishing. And that's all they think about. And you're getting to do that all the time. But then also you're also living a lot of people's biggest fear at the same time. And I think that there's it's 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 kind of an inc- an incredible privilege to talk to somebody that's doing both at the same time. How do you how do you balance that? Are you do you find yourself making yourself aware of it or do you basically how do you how do you handle both things? Life is so great and it is so scary at the same time. Yeah, it's you know, it's tough. It's a roller coaster. You know, there's a lot of good days and there's a lot of bad days. And uh just try to focus more on the good days and the good times. And, you know, just trying to appreciate every single day. And not take anything for granted anymore and um what did you take for granted you know two years ago that you know that you you can feel yourself not taking for granted now um just opportunities to do things you know uh whether you can get invited to go over to a barbecue for the day or you're gonna go to the beach with the family or you know, just small things like that that you're like, yeah, I don't know, I'm a little too tired today. I might do it next time, or, yep. And just, you know, I'm. I don't want to let one of those opportunities pass me by, and I want to take advantage of every day I have here and every hour I have here. And so it's made you. It's made you very, very intentional about every moment. Yeah, it's just. It's unfortunately, it takes. You know, I always appreciated, you know, life and everything, you know, before all this. But unfortunately, it takes something like this to really make you slow down and go, wow. You know, there is so much more to life than uh, money, success, fame, you know, all that other kind of BS. Um, There's just so much to do and appreciate. So, and that, and I, that's, that's heavy stuff so shifting shifting to a little levity here you you have a beard that is like folklorish has it (laughs) is it has it always when did this thing start growing white like this oh man well yeah it's i mean in my family you know we've always had a lot of hair but it's always gone very gray and white early and several years ago once I made that jump into the outdoor industry, fortunate, this is an industry you can kind of look a little like a wild man and be acceptable. Right. Yes. So, you know, decided to just start growing my beard out and it, you know, got to a certain length and it looked good. And I just kept growing it out. And next thing I know, the guys were calling me a Yeti and, you know, it just kind of stuck with me and gotcha. just kind of became my identity. <laughs> and this is why you're, Zach Yeti Yarbrough, got it. Okay. So, Fav, you were you were in a tournament last week, right? Yeah. So I spent a lot a lot of the summertime. I, sp- I spent in a lot of the tournaments uh, along the Mid Atlantic coast. Um, so last week I was up in the Outer Banks uh, for a big uh, blue marlin billfish tournament. Now, how does something? I have no idea how how does something like that work it's the biggest one is there is there a time is it a race how does this work so there's every tournament's a little different um there are some tournaments that are 
you bring in the biggest fish and you take home the biggest money. And then there's other tournaments that it's whoever catches the most fish and releases them wins. So it really kind of depends on the species and where you are in the world. Uh, but a lot of the mid-Atlantic ones right now over the summer are uh, called kill tournaments where it's, you know, you bring in the biggest fish and take home the biggest cash prize. And there's a lot of money in it. There's guys getting, you know, taking home checks over $2 million every year. And and so when you're you're going you're traveling up and down the coast for these tournaments, are you you're competing in them? Are you documenting them? What are you doing? I'm doing a little both. Um, we normally have a pelagic setup, you know, a display there um, where we'll, we'll be selling product or promoting the brand, you know, just hanging out with the customer. And at the same time, we usually have a few captains who are fishing the tournament as well that we sponsor. So just kind of depending on the tournament, you know, usually I'll spend a couple of days on land, you know, helping out with the tent, sell the product, you know, making sure everything's going well there. And then I'll hop on a boat for one or two days and then go out there and shoot and document, you know, hope, hope, hoping we catch the big fish and, you know, get some great media for it. Do you, have you had you had gone and done some of this kind of fishing before you had started with uh, the company? Yeah, I, I did it, you know, just a couple times a year. You know, it's an expensive game to get into, and no doubt. if you don't, know, you know, if you don't know the right people, you know, it's almost impossible. So, you know, we were kind of doing it on the lower end. You know, taking my buddy's little twenty-six foot boat, one hundred and twenty miles offshore, fishing for tuna and stuff, just doing insane things back then. Yeah. Um, now, do you, do you have a, a? Is there a family back home? Yes. Yeah, I got a I got a wife and two beautiful daughters, you know that are uh, keep me rock and grounded, you know here and uh, you know the strength to keep going on without a doubt. How do you balance? Um, there's a lot of things to balance. There's you know first off the 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 traveling and and being at all these different places and and going. Are are they going with you? Or are they staying back or or how does that work? Um, unfortunately, right now they're staying back just because with my wife's work and our daughters being so young, we have a six and three year old. So it's kind of tough for them to get out in those environments. Um, no doubt. Yeah. You know, very, you know, very lucky and, and supportive at home. And it's one of those, I'll be gone for five to seven days for a tournament, but then I'll be home for 10 to 14 days to where I'm home. You know, which is good. So we can go out to lunch. You know, I can hang out with the kids. You know, rather than that, you know, that constant nine to five type of. And then with uh, with 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 battling cancer, um, you know, is this is it something is it something you completely check at the door when you're around your kids, or is like your oldest, your six year old? Do they have an idea? As to what's going on, if I'm if if I'm asking too much, like hey, you know, chill out. We no, have not at all. We're good. There's no. an, um, it was uh, they, you know, they're still too young to kind of know. And luckily, it's not like I'm in a hospital and they have to come visit me there. And you know, they just know I got to go into a doctor appointment every now and then. Um, last year was a little tough 
uh, with my oldest one, just when I went through the chemo, you know, having to lose my beard and hair and, uh, yeah. look like a completely different person, but she understood, you know, it was just kind of part of what I was going through. And, you know, luckily that, you know, when I'm home, I'm happy and healthy and, you know, just try to eliminate as much as they can possibly now, you know, at this point. Yeah. How did your how did your wife handle everything that's going on? She's amazing. I don't know how she does it. Um, yeah, just you know, from the support, to, you know, doing everything with the kids, to helping me achieve my dreams. Um, she's just been really amazing, and you know, so thankful and lucky that you know I have somebody like that in my life. Did you guys meet? Did you meet in Virginia, or is this a, is this a hometown girl? Or uh, actually, she's she's an old Florida Gator. We met in uh, in Orlando when I was coaching high school football. Oh. Uh, I was reviewing some film, and we ended up talking, and just kind of went from there. So her her and your dad get along, obviously, on Saturday. Oh yeah, well, all, my whole family's all Gators except for me. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had we had some guys, you know, Doc, our, our the head coach at Marshall. He was obviously at Florida with Urban and those guys. So there's a lot of guys that were that have been on staff here with with all with with Gator roots and whatnot. So that yeah, I know all about the uh, the Gator diehards, especially when you're working at a school that's not Florida. In Florida, you hear a lot about the Florida Gators. <laughs> <laughs> No doubt. Hey, um, man, this has been there's there's a lot of things um, that we discussed that um, that are helpful to a lot of people. Um, one is um, just being willing to throw yourself at things you're passionate about or what it is you want. Um, and then the resiliency that you have and that you're having right now while I'm talking to you. Um, when major setbacks come and you and you overcome them and then they and then the next one comes it's it's nothing short of uh, uh, very inspiring to to witness um, in real time and 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 see you you know it's a, it's a lot more and I always said you know I don't just love fish and I don't just love but there's you know and then uh, this this little media project and podcast has afforded me to talk to some really interesting people and it's amazing um just the 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 passion and and wildness that people have and abandonment for being what people will think um to go do what they want and this this conversation has been no different and uh I, i'm i'm i appreciate what you're doing man i really do no, I think I thank you for uh, having me on, and you know for everything you're doing, and uh, you know it's just an honor, and just whatever I can do to help out, you know, to share the story, share hope, you know, um, you know that's what life's about. Just be a good person, live the best one you can, enjoy every single day, and chase your dreams, and life is good. Well, there you have it. I mean, that's, that's just that's some inspiring stuff. Um, some some refreshing take on things. It is 
it is you can you cannot be too genuine you cannot be too honest with yourself and with the people around you all right okay guys make sure if you like what's going on you go to the apple uh podcasts and you give us a like and uh, you rate and give us the stars and all that so that we can help kind of grow and get get in front of some people that maybe uh would, would be otherwise uh they wouldn't come across something like this all right shout out to our co-founder scotty kellams marrying the love of his life krista hires now mrs krista kellams all right your name is now an alliteration you're welcome all right so we're, and that's happening this weekend all right i was supposed to be in the wedding i don't get to be in the wedding uh you know covid times because of college football i'm not allowed to travel it's uh it's it's just insane but that's besides the point i want to th- say congrats to those two we love you uh we appreciate everything that you're doing and uh, i know you, you you're, you're raising your boy uh jackson um the right way all right guys uh follow us on instagram at manchild underscore media and uh facebook manchild media and uh you know how to find us the manchild podcast on apple podcast all right uh enjoy yourselves uh don't take yourself too serious all right take it easy but take it as hard as you can every minute you got all right so well friends love you